When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Carrie Morin is a singer-songwriter from northern Colorado. Born in Billings, Montana, Carrie is also a Crow tribal member. Carrie has won many awards for his music, including a 2013 Lifetime Achievement Award from the Fort Collins Music Association. He joins me on this latest edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about his music and latest CD, When I Rise. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the podcast this morning. Hi, Greg. Thanks. Good to have you. So, yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, uh, you were telling me uh, off air that uh, you guys had just gotten in off the road here uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, I just I did just one show um, way up in Cody, Wyoming, and okay, <laughs> uh, never been up there before. It was, it was wow, a nice drive. And, and you guys are currently in Colorado, is that correct? Yeah, we live in Fort Collins. Okay, all right. Well, for for the folks who who maybe uh, don't know you yet, give me a little bit of background and and how you got started in in music and and on this uh, this uh, career path that you're on. Uh, yeah, it's a long road. Uh, <laughs> I, I I started playing guitar as a kid. Um, I was interested in folk music and rock music and bluegrass music. Um, growing up in Montana, and um, yeah, I just started playing that uh, acoustic stuff and when I was out of uh, high school I moved to uh, the Front Range of Colorado and did some more of that and then I started playing electric in bands and I did that for a lot of years and then in the last 10 years or so I've been getting back into um, different uh, variations of playing acoustic music and um, it's really been my focus, uh, especially for the last uh, uh, seven years. How, how far outside of the Colorado area do you tour when you go out? Well, we we try to uh, kind of came up with a plan um, when I started working with my wife uh, about seven years ago, and she eventually uh, put together her own little kind of boutique um, shop and has, oh, cool. she has uh, at this point four other artists but uh, back in those days our plan was to just try and open one market at a time and you know come home and uh, play around Colorado um try and make at least one record a year and then mm -hmm. just go go back and continually open up new markets. So we've been playing 
uh, a lot in the uh, south. Um, starting to open things up on the east coast now, on the west coast. We just did uh, uh, the month of October in Germany, Italy, and France. Oh, cool. And um, that was our our third trip there for me as a solo artist. And we'll just continue to try and open up those markets and, and keep track of the ones that we already have getting stronger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and did, did I read correctly that you are, uh, also have Native American heritage, um, uh, in your background? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, my, uh, my family is from around the, the Billings, Montana area and, um, I'm enrolled with the Crow tribe Okay. up there. Do you, do you play in that community musically? Uh, well, um, I used to, when I, when I had a band, uh, we used to go up there and, uh, do shows from time to time. Um, but the Montana area isn't really one of the markets that is real strong for solo, okay. at least for what I do yeah. uh, solo wise. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, I hope to get back to it at some point. Uh, but yeah, right now we're really focusing on, on other areas, uh, that, um, where, you know, solo acoustic right, uh, right. music goes over a little better. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I think I also was reading that um, uh, you spent some time studying uh, the Alan Lomax uh, recordings, and, and uh, tell me how that has influenced um, your music recently. Well, um, yeah, I guess my songwriting has kind of changed over the years, and um, this after we did the the last album uh, last year's, which was Cradle to the Grave, um, we did some tours, and then um, Celeste created a, a big space on my calendar to come home and start working on a new uh, release. Okay. And the way that I started that was just trying to, uh, first off, listen to all sorts of music that, that I'm interested in. And uh-huh. uh, when we're on the road, a lot of times I don't have access to it or, you know, don't have time just to sit down and, and right. listen to stuff. We were in Italy, uh, I think, three years ago. And some of the guys that we were uh, doing shows with we were driving around and they were listening to the that uh, Lomax collection. And it was the first time I'd ever heard it. Mm. Uh, well, I, I actually, I'd heard it in movies and stuff, but didn't realize what it was. And um, so I, I just was thinking back on that, uh, that time in Italy and... Um, went and found it myself and, and started listening to uh, the melodies and the, yeah. the uh, just uh, the the recordings are just really fascinating. Yeah. Um, so um, from from that, um, you know, I, I was listening to other styles of music, old jazz and 
um, old blues and uh, started writing songs, and that's that's how this uh, this new album was born. When you were working on that, did you uh, were the songs kind of standalone songs, or did you have conceptually some sort of theme running through the collection that you put together for this record? Well, I'd say standalone is is probably a good description there. Uh, Subject-wise, some of them are kind of abstract, and and some of them are easier to pin down what the the content is. Um, We we had a different idea in mind for this release because the the last three that I did have really been focused on... um, sort of a singer-songwriter right. uh, pre- presentation, so solo guitar and, and vocals, and, um, really nothing else added. Every once in a while, I'd throw some pedal steel in, or we have a um, uh, this friend in, in France, uh, J.J. Milto, he played some harmonica on a couple of songs, but for the most part, it, it was pretty much solo. And um, we in, in trying to get away from that and, and make this release at least a little bit different, we decided to uh, include some uh, band tracks and use a producer for that, which is uh, really the first time that I've ever done that. Hmm. And, and uh, so the a lot of... A lot of those songs were written with that in mind. I, did, I didn't write the songs with a, a solo presentation in mind. It was more of a, um, you know, uh, intentionally writing uh, with a band in mind. Okay. So, and, and that's not really that different for me because I did that for 20 years, you know, before I started doing solo shows again. Um, but that's, uh, that's what we ended up with. The half the album is um, uh, my familiar approach with the solo songwriter thing, and then the other half is band. Now, when you say writing with the band in mind, are you in your mind imagining the other instruments uh, playing along, or do you actually uh, um, try to fill in those different parts yourself to kind of get that full feeling when you're putting the song together? Yeah, I... Um, when I say that, uh, I think about um, um, rhythm and uh, the uh, the way I would play guitar um, with a trio or with a four piece is different than what I would do, right. uh, you know, as a solo guy. And the difference would be that the uh, the, the parts are more defined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I play solo, um, I, I tend to uh, just kind of come up with things on the spot. And right. Sometimes there's there would be more improvisation in that situation than there would be with a band. Um, and we're talking about the the new record "When I Rise," and it just it came out um, late uh, October, right? Correct. The um, so have you had a chance, have you been playing that music out or are you preparing to head out with this now that it's out or how, how is that working for you? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, yeah, I've been playing some of the songs. Um, uh, I'm going to debut, uh, 
about five more of the songs. Uh, this Friday, we're going to have a, a show here in Fort Collins, and and then at that point, I'll start I'll start p- playing these songs out more often. I've done a few of them a couple of times, but um, yeah, at this point, it's kind of funny when I make an album. Um, and it comes out a lot of times I have to go back and listen to it and figure out what the heck I did, you know, <laughs> and, and it, sometimes it's, uh, it can be a stressful situation trying huh. to get these songs in front of people and relearn the songs and wow. figure out, you know, yeah. how to, how, how to play it in front of an audience as opposed to just sitting on the couch. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Well, you have a, um, uh, a, a collection of musicians with you to playing some of these that, that you put together as a full band? Yeah. Um, well, it was recorded. Uh, it, I'm sorry. It was produced by uh, Kim Stone. And uh, Kim Stone was a um, the, I believe, the original bass player for Spyro Gyra. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, he had several Grammy nominations with um, that band and with uh, he, he played with Rare Silk and uh, the Rippingtons and then a whole host of other um, acts. And, um, he lives around here and I've known him for a couple of decades and I asked him if he'd be interested in, in helping. And um, so he, he did. He, he agreed to um, to help me put together a, a, a crew of people, and um, we're we're really happy with the way it turned out. And I, I, we've mentioned, or you, you've mentioned a couple times, uh, jazz and and jazz influences, and I, I believe he was uh, Spyro Jara was was uh, very heavily um, jazz kind of themed music. How did that become something for you that uh, it, it, it on the spectrum, it seems kind of at the other end when you say folk music and then, you know, reach back into the jazz feel? Well, um, well, well, Kim is actually he's he's playing um, with a couple of different uh, bands around uh colorado right now and they're all kind of blues based Uh um uh, i i think that he he does do a a jazz trio around the area from time to time but he's more focused on the on the blues stuff and um i've been thinking about that uh, uh, the influence of jazz in my life and you know i I can narrow it down to a couple of things. For one thing, I, I was a big fan of Spyro Gyra um, in the eighties. Uh-huh. Um, as a child, I was a I was a big fan of uh, Pat Metheny and really kept up on um, all all the different phases that he's gone yeah. through um, in his career. Uh, you know, I'm a, especially a big fan of uh, his acoustic playing and. Um, my my first instrument as a child was uh, piano. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. When I say a child, I mean like I I started taking lessons when I was like in first grade. Okay. And and did that for about seven years. And at at the end of uh, that, I did uh, a little over a year of uh, 
jazz lessons with a, a guy in my hometown. Hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I was interested in all sorts of music from, from uh, that time in my life that included jazz and um, blues and rock and bluegrass and um, just acoustic folk music. But one of the, the biggest influences was uh, the uh, music of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And, and I, at the time, I, I didn't realize it, but the, uh, a lot of the artists that I was listening to was from that area. Okay. As a child, I, I probably didn't even know what Louisiana or where Louisiana was. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the first song that I ever sat down and sang and played uh, on the piano uh, was a Chubby Checkers tune. Okay. And, and I was really interested in uh, the fiddle music from uh, uh, Lafayette and uh, Doug Kershaw. Yeah, yeah. um, Later on, I was really interested in uh, the Neville Brothers and the Meters. Uh And um, so maybe indirectly, you know, jazz kind of finds its way into my music. But uh, I I think that people kind of, um, assume that uh, you know it's an intentional thing because of a lot of the Im- improvisation that I do on stage um, but it's really just a, you know years of development of just goofing around with stuff and maybe it you know comes out sounding like that but I really consider myself an Americana folk uh, acoustic blues guy well th- the nice thing about the Americana label is it's such a big umbrella that uh, a lot of this stuff can can kind of fit under that. But um, I, reading through your, your bio page, I noticed that you had been part of a couple different uh, jazz festivals over the years, and, and I, I just found that interesting just to understand how all of that fits together, um, especially on the new record. I, I, I love what you did with that, and you can really see the different influences all over that, including um, kind of that 70s at one uh, one song almost kind of felt like a, a Pablo Cruz kind of song when uh, uh, when it first started, you know, and and feeling that all arounded uh, ness uh, with this with this project. Did um, is that kind of where you think you're headed with the, with your music now? Is just this kind of uh, soup of all of the things you've experienced? Well, in a way, I mean, I. I, I really want to stick with uh, with doing what I do um, in the solo world right now because I really enjoy the freedom yeah. of uh, being of being on stage and um, essentially being able to just do whatever I want. Yeah. And um, for future projects, uh, we we plan on going down to Lafayette. This uh, this year and, and making an album down there. Oh, cool. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing on the songs of this uh, this winter, and we don't really have any players picked out ex- um, except for one, Dave Nizat. He's a uh, old friend of mine, uh-huh. and a fantastic uh, drummer. He used to play with Chevy Carrier back in the day, and. Um, He's played with a lot of successful bands around the Lafayette area and consequently knows everybody there. Uh, so 
I'll write the songs and we'll we'll piece together a band and I don't I don't really have any way of predicting what it's going to sound like, but I just know there's so many fantastic players in that area. Yeah. That, uh, you know, my hope is that whatever we come up with is going to be uh, uh, different and, and interesting and, and uh, fun to listen to. When you get ready to write these songs, do you have bits and pieces that you've collected throughout the year, or do you literally just start from scratch when you sit down to put this together? No, you're exactly right. It's it's like a collage. I've I've uh, I've had different different ways of of writing songs uh, over the last couple of decades, and even even when I try different methods, uh, I end up kind of using all of the methods at one time or another. Mm -hmm. But one thing I do is. Uh, uh, when I'm on the road and it's not really convenient for me to uh, to sit down and try and record ideas, um, I'll I'll write uh, ideas down and I'll have several different groups of of lyrics. And sometimes I'll notice that hey, the first part of these lyrics work pretty well with the last part yeah. of this other and and kind of cut and paste things together okay. and and then um then work with them until you know, it makes sense yeah yeah uh, but uh, for this this next project um or two or three um I'll, I'll use that or you know sometimes i intentionally um sit down and write stuff if i if i've got an idea that's just really flowing and just sometimes they drop out really fast you yeah know? Um, then, then those songs are what they are. But yeah, you know, several different methods yeah. of, of putting stuff together. Huh, that's cool. So the the current record, the one that just came out, is "When I Rise" and uh, came out late October. Where can uh, people get that and get in touch if they want to find your tour schedule and that kind of thing? Well, the easiest thing to do is go to my website, carrymorin dot com, and from there we we have links to all the different. Um, uh, sellers where you can get either uh, hard copies or downloads or whatever you prefer. Yeah, and and my schedule is there and updated as well. Yeah, and uh, of course we're on all the social media. You know, right. if anybody wants to uh, uh, drop us a line and um, say hello, uh, I'm always happy to hear from people. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks, Gary. It's been great. Enjoyed talking to you. Thanks very much. Uh, I look forward to chatting again. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.